you are listening to the Manfulness Podcast. I'm your host, Hamish Kramer. My mission here is to help create a more mindful man, a man that can express himself, can explore a deeper level of himself, become more balanced, become more conscious, and just create a better version of masculinity. I want to help the everyday man explore ideas of personal growth, spirituality, relationships, purpose, and love in a way which is simple, safe, and understandable. So I thank you for listening. Welcome, friends, to another episode of the Manfulness Podcast. I hope you have been doing well. I uh, am in Melbourne, Australia, as you know, and we are slowly emerging out of the grips of uh, lockdown, lockdown number six. Um, And we've been open for a week or so now. And it is quite a strange thing, really, to be up and out and moving out once again. It's almost like we have forgotten what life is like. I know uh, that I have. But, you know, it's also there's a lot of uncertainty, right, over what this COVID world um, or post-COVID world is going to look like. But during our lockdown phase, there's something that I'm sure many parents will be happy is over, hopefully in for the near future. um, And that's been homeschooling. So uh, for those with parents uh, with kids in school, school went back. Uh, last week and next week it will be back full time. So they've had a bit of a staggered uh, reintroduction towards school. And it has been such a huge relief because trying to juggle work or business, um, family, uh, dinner, a household, everything else, plus uh, trying to keep the concentration focus of uh, young kids on their homeschooling has been a really difficult task. And I, and I have to... Um, take my hat off. I'm not actually wearing a hat, but I have to take my hat off if I was wearing one to the teachers. Um, they've just been amazing during this time. I'm sure it could not have been easy for them to try and manage kids via Zoom, especially young kids. You know, I don't, I'm not sure. I'm sure it would have been just as difficult for older kids, but uh, to see how good they kept them engaged and followed up to make sure that they were completing their work and still trying to give them that personalized attention as best they could uh, was really amazing. Um, So my hat's off to the teachers um, for that very difficult time. They are wonderful, absolutely wonderful. Um, But what I wanted to talk to you about today is something really interesting that kind of struck me over the last few weeks. So you can imagine with this homeschooling, um, and for those that you know, my eldest Raven, he started prep this year. So it's been quite of a roller coaster year with a lot of online learning and not a lot of in person learning. And so the day would kind of structure with him jumping onto Zoom uh, with all of his other friends and their teacher. And they would spend about an hour, an hour and a half calling the role, doing some activities. And then after about, you know, after about an hour of that, they then had a range of activities that they could do. Um, you know, from maths and science and and um, w- whatever else they were assigned to do, um, which which was an activity that might take them another couple of hours to complete as well to keep them occupied. So then it kind of hits twelve o'clock if you're lucky, right? If you're lucky, and the words that you dread hearing come out as they you know rush up to you while you're in the middle of piles of work. And the words that they scream out is, I'm bored. I'm bored, right? And 
I know that if I don't answer the call of I'm bored in a suitable time, that the, the calling out will only get louder and more irritating, uh, which will stop me from doing my work anyway. So I'll jump up from my chair and run around to try and find something for this child to do because he's bored. And often, more often than not, the only thing that I can manage to keep him entertained would be a video game or TV or, or YouTube or something else, like something along those lines. And as much as I, I, I appreciate that these electronic devices um, are a tool and, you know, they have some great use, but I also appreciate that too much uh, stimulus or overstimulus of these devices can definitely be not so good. And I know that with myself and our, our mobile phones and our laptops, you know, I, I find like I'm constantly on it anyway, and it's not good. I, I don't think it's good for us to be constantly looking at screens all day. And I, and I don't want to set that habit up or make that the norm for my children either, right? But it's been really difficult to avoid that uh, in the current situation. And, you know, during most of this lockdown, we've kind of been in winter, so you can't really take the kids out and again, taking them out requires me to let go of my work, stop what I'm doing um, in order to keep him entertained. But what, what, what this brought up for me was this idea of boredom um, that my beautiful son was talking to me about. And he would just say, Dad, I'm bored. I want something. And even if I found him something, it, it, if it wasn't stimulating him enough, he wants something else and then I want something else and then want something else. And it really started me to think about what is boredom really about, right? And, the, and what I usually say when I see Raven is I just compare him to my wife. Oh, you're like your mother. She can't sit still for a second. She is a typical Gemini. So is my son. And Geminis are known to be, you know, darting their attention all over the place. But I took a step back for a minute and go, okay, is this really a Gemini problem? Am I just trying to categorize these problems through the astrological chart for no reason? You know, is, am I just, is that just an excuse? Or is there something a bit deeper here? And it really made me think about this because I also had noticed that while we have been very busy during this time, trying to allocate some time for myself to stop has also been quite difficult. And what I noticed was when I did allocate a day off, for example, and in that day off I would try and relax, I would often find myself in boredom, trying to find something else to do, almost thinking about the work that I needed to do and really sitting in this discomfort of knowing that I had things that I wanted to do and needed to do and also knowing that I wanted to relax and do nothing, but not really being happy either way. So when I'm working, I wish I wasn't working. And when I'm not working, I have this overwhelming urge that I should be doing something. And I kind of described that feeling then as boredom, right? Well, there's, a, there's a frustration, there's a conflict inside of me, but I'm calling it boredom because when I move into the trying to relax and trying to do nothing, my mind can't help but wonder and focus on the things that I should be doing. And while I try to resist that urge to do work, 
I then find myself in a place where I don't know what to do with myself. Hence the feeling of boredom. And I, and I, I, I was thinking about this and I was thinking, hey, like, wow. And, and this is kind of what my child is saying to me. He said, hey, daddy, I'm bored. I want to be entertained. I want to do something. And I was like, hang on a minute. This doesn't sound like boredom, really. This is sounding to me like an overactive mind. And I've been following a lot of the work of Gabo Mate. And he was talking about how a lot of ADHD symptoms in kids are correlated to stressful environments at home, right? The kid not being able to focus it's their attention because the environment in which they've been brought up in is always stressful and always changing and there's something always going along. And if you really look at our lives over the last 50 years, it has become more and more stressful. It's become more and more complex. Very rarely do we get an opportunity for rest. You know, we were talking about it with my parents about how the shops were closed on a Sunday you know, and they would close up by one o'clock on a Saturday. So people really had to have days off because there was nothing else to do. You know, the working week was from nine to five and there was no mobile phones or laptops. You know, the computers were at work, so you had to go back. But now we live in a, in a world where you can be on 24-7, you can work unlimited. And we're now in a position where both parents are working and we're having to outsource so much of the care and so much of the schooling and all these other aspects of life, the cooking. I mean, how much do we Uber Eats now, right? The cleaning, the all these tasks that maybe we would do, the gardening are outsourced because the the parents just don't have the time for it. And, and, and I really started to see what a stressful household so many of us are being brought up in currently. And I, and I wonder if there is a correlation. I don't know the evidence behind it, but I wonder if there is a link between this increase in stress inside the household and the increase in ADHD in kids. I, I mean, I wonder if there is some sort of direct link there. Gabor since, uh, thinks to say that there is. And so coming back to my own personal experience and seeing Raven and realizing that he's bored and then me as a parent really going, wow, I'm required to entertain him. I need to keep him occupied because then once he's occupied, then I can go back and be occupied with what I'm doing, right? I notice how uncomfortable that is for him to be bored and how uncomfortable it is for me to be bored. And when I sat with it and contemplated it, I realized that part of that is an uncomfortableness with being still. It's a uncomfortableness in the mind. It's, it's, a, it's a thought process that won't stop running and won't stop doing. And I've noticed during this time, while I focused a lot on breath work, I haven't focused on meditation as much. And I remember at one point in my life becoming so stressed out that I was forced into meditation, thankfully. And it really taught me how to calm my mind and I started to see that a lot of the tools that I had come to know in meditation, I haven't been applying to my life of late, especially over this last year or so, because it's been so hectic. And I've also noticed that obviously my son doesn't have these tools of meditation, which I'm trained in. 
And it, it got me to stop and think for a minute, hang on, what am I teaching him? Because he's bored and I'm requiring him to, to have him stimulated all the time. And I'm doing the same thing to myself. I'm actually not creating an environment in the household to have silence or stillness ever. And if you think about it, there's always something on. Like, you know, the kids will come home after school or childcare or after we finish a day of homeschooling and we'll put the TV on. Right? More, more, or, we'll, or we'll get Raven, like I said, to play a video game or, so that we can get dinner done so we, can, so we can do stuff while we're also on our phones, while we're also trying to do work on the laptop. Like, it's, it's a crazy stressful scenario. And I remember one of the most profound experiences that I had with meditation that after I practiced it for some time, this, this, real, this really blissful stillness where I was really just present to the present moment. And I was like, wow, I'm not teaching my children this or I'm not even giving them an opportunity for stillness because I can't even be comfortable with stillness inside of me. I'm calling that uncomfortableness of stillness boredom but I'm not bored. I'm uncomfortable with being still. And so what we've been doing over the last few weeks is we've been really setting some boundaries in our household around entertainment and stimulus and this idea of boredom. And Raven will come up to me and go, Daddy, I'm bored. And instead of me going and going, well, I have to find something for him to do, two things I'm saying. I'm telling him it's okay to be bored because it is. It's okay to be bored and to sit with the boredom because when I sit with the boredom, I'm sitting with the stillness and the uncomfortableness of it all. So I'm telling him, that's okay, bub, you can be bored. I'm also using it as a way to give me a check-in to be like, you need to get off your laptop and phone and have a break. And instead of trying to find him something to do, I've been going, okay, let us find something to be still in. Let's go outside. Let's sit outside. Not turn the TV on so that he can be distracted and entertained for a couple of hours. And it's had had quite a profound effect. And what I've seen in myself and him is an irritation over about two to three days. And And it looks like a digital detox to me. The agitation is that I want to be entertained. The mind is like I want to be entertained. I want to, I want to, I want to flick through or scroll through or I, I want something to do. And it irritates you. You feel uncomfortable and it doesn't feel relaxing. But instead of trying to stop that and go off and do something, I sit in it. And I sit in it and I try to sit in it for a couple of days. And I notice that over those couple of days, in him and in me, there is a slow wind down. And we start to become more and more comfortable with being still. And it's almost like we reach a more natural level of uh, stress or a natural level or natural rhythm to our day. Because once I start to practice that and I start to become good at being still or the, the void or the gap from working and stillness is an easy bridge to cross... I notice that my work day and my workflow is more efficient. And I notice that after I've completed a task, I find it a lot easier then to just relax. 
and actually relax. And that overwhelming feeling of needing to do something is not there anymore. But it takes me a good couple of days to get there and I have to really practice it and meditate and sit still. And I get those feelings of I'm wasting my time. But what I tell myself is that by wasting this time, I'll be making time more efficient in the future. I will be more effective in the future. And I won't waste more time procrastinating and waste, you know, wasting myself or wasting my time in that regard. And I noticed that in Raven as well, he's starting to slow down. He's starting to sleep better. He's starting to be less agitated. He, he has a lot of allergies and I've even noticed a decrease in his irritation of his eyes and of his skin. I don't know whether the two are correlated yet, but if those things are flared up by a stress response, then there could be a link between his skin irritations, his eye irritations, and the environment in which I'm creating for him. And so this has had quite a profound effect on all of us. The other thing that we've been adding to our night routine is meditation. Before we go to bed, we are actually sitting with the kids and going, we're going to breathe for two minutes. And we sit in silence and just watch our breath. And obviously the little one runs around and tries to distract us. But Raven's really starting to get this idea of stillness, of sitting and watching your breath and focusing attention on that area. So instead of having an attention deficit disorder, right, he's having an attention surplus disorder where he's actually allowing himself to focus on his breath for a long period of time, even though that's boring, right? But I feel like if I can teach him these skills now, early in life, it's going to support him so much more when he's, in, when he's a grown-up. Because these were the things that I didn't even have. And it took me reaching a, uh, a breakdown, almost having a nervous breakdown, in order to realize that something had to change. And I think this is something we can all implement in our lives. I think it's something we can all try and bring to our environment. Creating a still household. Turning the TV off, turning the music off, turning all electronic devices and sitting in silence in your house. Even having dinner without the TV on. I mean, it's unnecessary. And watching the conversations. Now, don't get me wrong. When you haven't done this for a while, there's going to be some kickback. There's going to be a lot of people not happy with the fact that there's not a TV on while there's dinner on. But it can actually be quite an enriching experience. And what I've noticed in myself is that I've started to slow down. And it's given me perspective. And I've, and I've started to re-enjoy the simple things in life like the sun being out and the wind and a beautiful flower it's allowed my mind to be really present in the moment and isn't that a gift to all parents isn't that a gift that you would love to leave your children is the beauty of presence and stillness in their life I hope you have enjoyed today's episode. If this episode has spurred something into you and you're ready to take the next step, I highly recommend that you book in a private coaching session with me. Yes, I am a men's coach, a meditation teacher and a breathwork teacher. And I use these skills and techniques to help get the most out of the men that I work with, whether it's a limiting belief, whether it's an area in your life that you're stuck 
Um, I'm all about helping men live their life to their fullest ability. And you can do this if you go to my Instagram at manfulnessmen. Go to the link in my bio and click appointments there and you can book a time for me and you to connect and to really work on making you the best version of yourself. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode. I would love to hear from you. So please tag me on Instagram at manfulnessmen. Hit me up, DM me. I would also love a review on wherever you've listened to. And please, please subscribe so that you can get more of my updates, more of my podcasts coming through. And if you feel, please share it with another man who you think could benefit from today's episode.